Hey, Jason, I'm super excited about that AMT GFMC conference in Atlanta, Georgia. That's a lot of letters, Jim. It is GFMC Global Forecasting Marketing Conference. There we go. So there's going to be workshops at this conference. There's there's going to be hands-on workshops addressing international markets, media strategy, business intelligence, sales tactics. What else you got, Jim? Discover best practices for competing in foreign markets. And, And, you know, since... This is a conference about forecasting. They also are going to be talking about data. So they're going to be talking about turning data into actionable information to make your business more effective. Sounds awesome. So on October 11th through the 13th, Atlanta, Georgia, at the Marriott Marquis downtown, go to amtonline.org, GFMC, and register now. We're seeing some some pretty interesting work. It's in our wheelhouse. We we do generally large work. At first, we were seeing more of the smaller stuff, and and we've gotten to know them, and they've gotten to know us, and they're starting to fill our work schedule with stuff that really fits our capability. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name is Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And I am here in the studio in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We brought our travel equipment. I'm with my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr, and he's just a little bit mad at me. Well, I, I knew you were going to say something like that, but no, I'm not, I'm not mad. But Jason was a little late showing up to today's uh, on-site interview. But at the end of the day, I got a much better tour of the facility, and I had a great lunch that you missed out on. So there, there you go. I, but I I'm did. glad you're here. I'm glad you. you're safe. Here we go, and I'm ready for this episode. It's going to be a great one, and looking um, forward to it. A lot, lot of value, I think, in a lot of capacities in this particular uh, podcast. Yeah, into the Indiana police, you didn't catch me. <laughs> oh yeah, you better watch out. You still got to drive back. I'm going to go the speed limit on the way back. <laughs> well, I don't know why you didn't fly out like me. So Blair and Michael and I were all on the same flight, and we were having cocktails uh, on the way in. So uh, you missed all that too. Well, so Jim, what's going on in your business right now? Well, you know, I, I've, been, I've been saying this for the last four to Jim's eight. having a baby, everybody. Yeah, Did well, you know it's, a, it's a baby Mazak. It's a, a Mazak VCN 530C. And, uh, you know, I was just out in Kentucky, actually, at the Mazak um, facility. And uh, we, we had a private tour of Mazak. We actually got to see our machine on their factory floor being built. And, you know, and then they tell you, well, it's going to be a few days late, right? Just like everything else. But no, we're super excited. It's got new technology. It's got that smooth control 1000 PSI coolant, which we do not, through the through the spindle coolant, which we do not have on any of our equipment now. So, I could definitely help you out with some new uh, tooling. I you for could. That new I, coolant should I get my checkbook spindle? out? You should. Or do you take yeah. credit cards? Just write, give me a blank check. Okay, there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll have to see what I can do. If I can roll it into the financing a little bit, I'll see what I can do. 
But anyway, yeah, that's what's new at Car Machine. We're looking at a, a full fourth axis for another one of our uh, VMCs, and things are good. It's just a lot of work. Great. But uh, how, how about Zanger? What's going on there? Um, Tell me something good. I don't want to hear anything. No, no, bad. no. I, I, of course, I've got some. I got some great stuff. So the reason I was late is actually I made a stop. Here we go. Uh, I made a stop in Hammond, Indiana, because my wife's company is there, and I was there for an open house. They're having a big open house, and it's you know going to have like 400 people there. My wife is meeting and greeting people, but I did not consider the fact that Indiana is in two time zones. So yeah. that, I, I kind of ran into a little bit of difficulty there, but things are going well. I mean, you wait, um, you did not know that Indiana has two different time zones. I, 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 I guess not. I don't know. I mean, I just operate in central time. So, okay. You know, that's okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, so um, my wife's company is having an open house. Um, it, things are going great there. She's meeting customers. It's great. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. the new acquisition that we made in December. And yeah. So yeah. Things yeah. Are, things are going really well. And I, and Amanda is on site today. Yeah. Shaking hands. Shaking hands, meeting customers. She's having a great time. And, that's awesome. Um, things are going well. Good and, for her. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not there. So I just wanted to check in and kind of peek in, see what was going on. Good and for it caused you. me to be late for you. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're here. It's going to be a good show, and we're, we're, we're doing our thing, right? Yep. Yeah. So did you see that manufacturing news that I pulled up I did. off this of Google is, News? Everybody knows yeah. how Jim gets his uh, manufacturing news, right? Yeah, you Google manufacturing. Well, news.google.com, I, I've already got it tagged. Backslash manufacturing? The, something like that. Okay. And it automatically comes up. I scroll down the headlines, and I find one that I think you is a good pro- one. I did. You found a good one because why? it's something that we talk about all the time, and I think it's vitally important, and I just think it's great that this was talked about in the manufacturing context because I think that needs to be talked about more so that manufacturing leaders can take the next step to really making these kind of improvements to their business, which you and I and a lot of our peers and friends and people that you know talk with us over making chips are really believing. So why don't you go ahead and um, introduce Yeah, well, it, you know what, of course, it grabbed my attention, five keys to boosting workplace culture and manufacturing. Uh, it's an area where there hasn't been much culture, at least I haven't seen any in, in my business. Right. Like a legacy that my dad left me, there, there was no culture at all. You know, It was just get them in, make them work, make them work hard, punch in, punch out, don't leave to go to the doctor. You better not have, your, your kid better not have a bead get stuck in his nose and you have to go to the hospital. Yeah, you're essentially treating people like a commodity, which, right. is, which is unfortunate. At That's the end of the day, we're all human, right? And yeah. we want to be treated. We want to be respected. Right. We want to be human. So, yeah. So, Carr has taken a, a pretty big initiative over the last 24 months based on all this peer-to-peer sharing that we've been doing all these years. And, you know, we defined our core values. We're doing, you know, company field trips. And we're doing all those things that my dad would probably cringe at nowadays if he heard we were doing. But, you know what? It really is elevating my company personnel to another level that I never thought. I didn't know what to expect, but it's all positive. That's it's great. All- I mean, I started down this journey, oh gosh, like seven years ago, mm-hmm. I think, it takes something time. like that. And, you know, it, it's been it's been really good. And now with my wife's new company, they're going, they're going to be going down that path as well because the old owner of the company that we acquired, I mean, they essentially did not treat their people. He did not, the, I'm just going to say it, the old owner did not treat his people well. Yeah. And, and, you said it. And, you know, I can get into some more details maybe in a future podcast, but, you know, we're kind of unwinding that mm-hmm. and creating a better culture for the company so that they could have a better quality of life. I wouldn't expect anything less from Jason Zanger. Thank you. Yeah. But anyway, 
Uh, why don't so you, let's go through. Yeah, yeah, let's go through them real quick. This is from the Gallup poll, anyway. I thought it was a pretty viable a legit, side. It, it wasn't, you know, one yeah. of those that you never heard of before. No, so. Gallup is very legit. Yeah. So go ahead. Why so just, the first point that they make uh, is to allow more control of the work, and I think that what this goes back to what we were just talking about, which is not not to treat your people like a commodity, and you know, allow them to have some more control over their output and and not control every step of the process. As a manager, you can define the end product, but you don't necessarily have to define every single way that they get from A to B. I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, the next one I have is create accountability. And that is absolutely so true. It's a we can all be. So when I lead my production meetings with my entire team on a weekly basis, I keep reiterating to them, we're all in this together. We are an entire team. I've got your back. You've got my back. One person cannot run the entire company. We are all in it together. Everyone has their independent role and responsibility. Just like I say, when we defined our core values, we're all part of the band because every person in a band plays an instrument and when all those instruments come together we all harmonize really well and we kick butt making great music yeah that in one of our core values at, at zengers is to be dependable and we not only talk about that in the context of being dependable to the customer but you also need to be dependable um, to your teammates so because in that same way everybody depends on everybody else and there's going to be a high level of frustration if people are not dependable to each other because before we defined our culture, we had people that just didn't fit and we didn't know why. And part of defining our culture is that we figured out, oh, yeah, that's why Brian didn't fit. That's why Joe didn't fit and he's not here anymore because we couldn't depend on him. Right, right, right. So, so the next number one, four, the yeah. next one is to, um, it's actually number three, um, is to make sure people mm. feel like they matter, unless we skipped one. No, skip one, I, you know? I'm, I just looked and there's only four. Yeah. Okay, so this is four ways to... Boosting workplace culture and manufacturing, and we all know Jim has trouble with numbers. numbers. So, number three, make sure people feel like they matter. I, I and I, you just reiterated that. I, yeah. I just talked about that, and and I think that you know one of the simplest ways that you can do this. I'm not sure what the Gallup has to say about this, but I think one of the the greatest ways that you could do that is just to ask people how they're doing, and actually mean it when you ask them. Not just as a passing, sincere, not yeah. ask people how they're doing as you walk by and don't look them in the eyes. I think you ask people how they're doing, and if they're having troubles, you actually um, learn to understand why they're having troubles or why they're doing well. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great bullet point. And what's the last one? The Joe? last one is be available and be engaged. It says leaders must be engaged, as employee engagement is a two way street. Manufacturing managers must be approachable and receptive to employee concerns and incorporate feedback into enriching future procedures. I think that goes without saying, and um, I think that all the manufacturing leaders out there that are listening to that, they're hearing it, but I think they really need to actually act on it and, and, and do it. And, they'll, and if they keep doing it consistently, they will see the ROI on it. Yeah, I mean, I think we should actually think about really extrapolating some of these points and, and, and you know, we could talk about this for hours. And I think we don't have hours today. No, we don't. Yeah. Anyway, before we get into the main episode, I want to talk a little bit about some personal stuff. Okay. Yeah. So what are we doing in October? Because we're Jason and I are both sit on the board of directors for a, a local manufacturing company. And in October, we're going to a board to retreat to New Orleans yeah, to a board retreat. Food. 
I've never been there before. So you're, you keep telling me how awesome it is. My wife and I have never been there either. I, I would not. I, ca- I would not categorize New Orleans as awesome. Okay, what would you um, categorize? I would it categorize as? their food as awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting place. I, I would call it. Okay, um, it's. I would I would put it in the same category as like a Las Vegas. It's an interesting place to go to for a period of time, uh-huh. and I think that you can have a great experience there. Yeah. Um, I don't like everything that there is about New Orleans, but certainly their food is great. Um, we're going to be there with a bunch of great people. Yeah. Um, on the board well, with us, and so I'm going to really enjoy myself. Yeah, I think it's good. I saw the agenda. It looks like a real powerful uh, agenda for the board. And uh, to be strategic, yeah. So I'm I, w- I, to I will not be spending a lot of time on Bourbon Street, no. Um, but I, I will enjoy myself there. Good, so, good. Yeah. But it's an interesting place. They've got great food. I mean, just food unlike other places. The culture is very different. It's um, very European. People there are very nice. The best street performers that I've ever. Um, That's what I heard a lot of this before. Yeah, and and so it's it's going to be a good time. We'll have to uh, let the listeners know how it wa- how it went. Absolutely. What, what my thoughts were after never being there and my first my first experience. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's let's jump right into this podcast. We've got a lot of stuff that we want to cover. Uh, so, what we're going to talk about today is this new technology that's available. It's called Zometry. It's Zometry. Is that a machine tool? It is not a machine tool. Oh, okay. It's an online. Is it an EDM machine? It is not an EDM oh, machine, but. Okay. Th- that type of manufacturing is incorporated into Zometry oh, in some okay. capacity. So Zometry was founded in 2014. Zometry's instant quoting platform allows customers to easily order custom parts online. For manufacturers, their instant quoting and ordering interface allows you to add capacity to your shop. Yeah, so I was kind of joking about the machine tool thing. I, no problem. I do know who Zometry is. They're unique in that if you're a partner of theirs, you get real orders. So it's it's not this system where, you know, you're bidding and, and the lowest bid comes to the table. They actually have the the technology such that they can um, predetermine what the um, what the pricing and the lead time should be and you decide whether you want to accept the job or whether you're going to uh, not accept the job. So the other great thing about Zometry is that there really is no commitment. So you sign up, you you create an account, you can look at the jobs, and you don't have this commitment to be able to take on these jobs, and you have a consistent cash flow because you don't have to get involved like the normal process of each individual customer um, having their own AP policy. You get paid when Zometry tells you that you're going to get paid, which is after 20 business days. So I it, like it's very, that. It's a process. That, w- that makes me smile. I know. I know you, you fight with that all the time. I do. I fight with I that do. as well. It's no fun. So how do you become a partner with Zometry, Jim? Well, there's some required things. You have to be a manufacturer of top quality parts. You have to be able to work with CAD models. You have to provide consistent on-time deliveries. And most importantly, you have to take pride in your work. So it's like, you have to have a good culture. You have to have a good culture, and you got to take pride. You can't, you can't, you can't ship any junk. Yeah, and then they have some, you know, preferred qualifications, which is ITAR registered, four axis lathe or five axis mill capabilities, and be able to quickly turn around, have the capacity to be able to turn jobs around. Yeah, and that your capabilities you got to be have CNC milling and turning, sheet metal fabrication, and additive manufacturing. Okay, so they're really not looking at we're going to be everything to everybody. They're really being specific with you know what I think kind it's of capabilities. N- and I I'm think sure it's they're going to expand. Yeah, I'm sure. And well, they're growing. They've only been in business since 2014, and look at the success they've had already. So, so I know you like numbers, Jim. Even though you have trouble with them, so why don't you tell us some um, quick fun facts? Well, th- this this actually should be yours because you are a fast fact kind of guy. Okay, I'll do them. Yeah, you do them. Okay, so 
Zometry has 6,000 customers to date. They serve the aerospace, automotive, consumer, medical devices, and industrial market. 600 manufacturing partners across the United States. They actually have a manufacturing company which has earned $1 million on the Zometry network. So a company, Zero Hour Parts in Ann Arbor, Michigan, has achieved a sales level of $1 million. That's that's great. Those are some fun numbers. Yeah. Well, it's ironic that Zometry invited us here today to GT Automation in Fort Wayne, Indiana, to be with one of their vendor partners. And we are broadcasting remotely today. From there, we have in the remote studio with us the president, Steve Gilday, and have Michael Dixon, the vice president of customer and partner success, with us to give a deeper dive into the Zometry brand and what it's all about. So, Steve, welcome to uh, Making Chips. I, you, I know you've probably listened to at least one episode. Say yes. 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 Yeah, good, 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 good. And I just before we get started here, I want to let the Metalworking Nation know a little bit about you and how you came to come into manufacturing. So what Steve told me earlier was after two years of studying mechanical engineering, he decided that he preferred actually making parts and building equipment. He served a four-year federally-sponsored tool-and-die apprenticeship, and 12 years after that, he purchased the business that his dad and grandfather founded in 1946. Today, after 50 years in the business, congratulations, he still enjoys his chip-making decision. The company has grown to 35 employees with over 70,000 square feet. Steve has one partner in the business. His name is Mike Motter, and he's the CFO. They do precision machining, dye work, mold work, and automation. Recently, they partnered with an expert in combustion to manufacture industrial furnaces and related equipment. And Steve quoted this at the end of the day, and I just loved it. And he said, the challenges of running any business are great, but the rewards of manufacturing make it too fun to quit. That's awesome. Why don't you I go ahead that. and read Michael's bio? Yeah, so Michael, who again is the VP of Customer and Partner Success at Zometry, which I love that title, by the way. Mike brings 11 years of experience to Zometry through corporate strategic and operational roles at Siemens and Viva LP and AES and was most recently a management consultant with the global engineering firm Black & Veatch. Prior to Black & Veatch, Michael worked in corporate strategy for Siemens U.S. subsidiary, as well as in engineering and operations at Inviva, where he led the development of new manufacturing facilities. Michael holds a BS in chemical engineering from the University of Texas at Austin and an MBA from Harvard Business School. So welcome, Steve. Michael. Michael, how, how, how did, we do a, did we do a good job conveying all the reasons that the manufacturing people out there should work with Zometry? Yeah, absolutely. No, and you're a smart guy. I mean, you have a degree from Harvard. I, I mean, <laughs> that's cool. I mean, like I said, not as cool as Kellogg, but it's cool <laughs> enough. We can talk more after the show. Yeah, We, um, could, we could butt heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that was great. I mean, look, uh, Zometry is here to drive the business of American manufacturing. So we're all about making sure and holding up the U.S. manufacturing industry. And, you know, w- the way we do that is uh, we leverage technology. So we've, you know, home-built our system, and I think you guys you know, referenced the uh, the online quoting system. So customers, you know, ultimately have a great experience and a unique experience. So they can go on, upload their CAD files, specify, you know, everything they want about their specific, you know, custom manufacturing order, and 
with that, they can place the order and we'll turn around and we have and go a little bit more, I guess, into how it works a bit later. But, you know, we verify those orders and then uh, present them to our manufacturing partner network. So as you mentioned, you know, the price, the lead time, everything is posted. There's no hidden tricks, as you said. It's not smoke and mirrors. Nope. There's no commitment. You know, really um, the way it works is that you get to look at the work and take the work that fits your shop at that time period. And we also use, again, on the technology side, we use algorithms to match and sort the work to make sure it gets to the right facilities um, that actually have those capabilities. So maybe you do have a lathe in your profile, um, but you really only use that for certain minor operations, auxiliary operations, when you're not really a lathe turning shop. Mm-hmm. So you're rejecting lathe work, we'll stop sending you lathe work. So right. you know, we really hopefully present to you the work that's right in your wheelhouse, and so you can just knock it out of the park. And you're you're, you're not going to send a sheet metal fabrication to car because we can't do that. So so yeah. t- tell us, you know, you you mentioned kind of the the end goal as far as you know getting the right jobs to the right people and then you talked about algorithms so for the for the for the gentleman that's running a machining company and he's not really um concerned with algorithms why don't you tell us a little bit about how that works in the in the zometry system um the back end the coding side of of the zometry software basically what as i sort of mentioned the the way it works is you as as a new zometry partner, you come in and you can create an account profile on our website. So if you're on the the manufacturing partner side, you would go to work.zometry.com, and there you can go and create your account. And you, we'll ask you about your capabilities, any certifications that you have. So we'll get some basic criteria. To Jim's point, you know, if you don't put that you have a sheet metal break in into your profile, we're not going to send you any sheet metal work. Right. So that's sort of the initial, you know, get to know you phase. And then we also have a little bit of screening up front as well. So you know, we'll get on the phone, talk you through the platform, understand your capabilities a little bit more, and then once we, uh, you know, once you're into the network and I said verified your capabilities. You know, you can take an initial job um, right off the bat. So again, no commitment, and you know, you're offered jobs uh, right out the gate. And so we take that initial job. You'll ship that back to us. Um, oh, our, we we ship the parts back to you. Okay. Initially, you will because we want to verify your quality. You so want to that put makes them sense. through some quality control. Absolutely. And so we will then reinspect the parts. And not only are we looking at you know the quality of the parts, we're also looking at you know how did you ship those packages? Because I think one of the benefits of Zometry is that our customers are all over the United States. So you might be a machine shop here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you might be shipping parts uh, all the way over to California on the West Coast, maybe down to Florida. Um, Really, you don't actually see that information when you're reviewing jobs. You're just, based on the capabilities or the requirements of that job, you're deciding whether or not, you know, your machine shop is capable. Okay, so do you earn into being able to ship the the parts directly to the end user? That's exactly right. Like a certain qualification, um, certain um, just number of jobs, or how exactly do you determine that? Is that that a written threshold or what? what So we say... that it's a 90-day threshold. And that's just a, uh, a sort of a standard that we set based on, you know, what we've seen of how long it sort of takes to work through. Because, you know, you're not taking maybe the first month, you take, you know, five jobs. And then the next month, maybe a, a good customer comes back and uh, you've filled up for the month. And although you're still interested in being on the platform, again, there's no commitment and, you know, we'll, you're gladly kept on the platform. And then in the third month, you know, you, you take a few more jobs. So it just, it's kind of, it's dependent upon uh, volume of jobs. So we really say we view, or we, we sort of notice that it's about a three month time frame. So you want to be as transparent as possible, but you also want to verify that the end user of, of, of those parts are getting a high quality experience. Exactly. And sort of going back to the shipping piece. So we'll, you know, we have a, a receiving inspection. We'll, you know, double check the packaging, making sure you're putting the, the packing list in the right locations or visible on the outside of the box. 
uh, and overall verifying the quality. And if, you know, if we notice things, then, you know, it's not a one and done type of situation. You know, that's, we're really here to help drive and grow businesses. So we will provide you that feedback. Um, and hopefully, and we have tons of tools on the website as well on, you know, we have YouTube videos, things like that to help enable, you know, our partners be successful. Great. So we also have Steve, the president of GT Automation here in our studio too. And Steve, it was just such an, uh, I, I love that last quote that you uh, gave to me to, to give and uh, welcome to Making Chips. Uh, we just came through your shop. You have a very impressive facility. Tell the listeners a little bit more about how you got engaged with Zometry. Were you just like Googling something sometime? How did you start the engagement with Zometry? Actually, my son in Philadelphia ran across the site for Exometry and said it might be something that we'd be interested in looking at. Uh, he's not involved in the business, but he knows what we do. Of course. And yeah. when he saw the, the site, we had actually been looking at some quick turnaround sites and uh, saw what they did and signed up and took a few jobs and decided it was a good way for us to fill in our time schedule. And uh, it's it's been really good. We've done uh, jobs for about six months now. We're averaging about $25,000 a month. And, you know, the more we do, the, the more we like it. So is it a little bit out of your comfort zone or a little bit, you know, are you seeing that the work is... Um, a little bit different from what your core competencies are? I mean, like some people are really tied in with oil and energy and automated equipment. Are you seeing more aerospace or medical type yes. work? Okay. Yes. So you you know, we're seeing some, some pretty interesting work. Uh, some of it is really uh, tight tolerance, some pretty difficult work, but it's in our wheelhouse. We, we do generally uh, large work. But we have the capability yeah. of doing the smaller stuff, too. Sure. And in Exometry's situation, uh, at first, we were seeing more of the smaller stuff. And and we've gotten to know them, and they've gotten to know us. And they're starting to fill our our uh, work schedule with stuff that really fits our, our uh, capability. So share with us what the process is that you can accept a job? I mean, do you have to go on the board or do they send you a text message? Do you get an email? Or how does that whole engagement process start working? Uh, we go on there on our regular email. Oh, and just, okay, you get an we, email? We get, we get notices that there are jobs posted that we can look at. So then we just click on that, go okay. to their website, and sure enough, there are two, three, four jobs up there. Is it, a, is it a solid model, or is it a PDF, it, or how do, how, how do you they view vary. the part? They vary. Some, okay. some, uh, pretty much all the time, there's a step, okay. but, but also you have prints. And you know, we look over the job, we see what the, the expected time schedule needs to be, how much they're offering for the job, mm -hmm. and we get the drawings, and we can look and say, okay, you know, there's so many parts here, and this is what they're willing to pay. And when we do a quick quote, we can say, yeah, yeah, that looks looks acceptable. So uh, we'll just punch the button for accept or reject. If it's not something we want, we reject it, and another job pops up. Sure. So you know, we, I can do my quoting in 
on Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Well, what I like like about that is they're telling you the price, whereas if you have a blank slate and you don't know if it's going to be $5 or $50,000, at least there's a benchmark. At least you know where where it should be at. You know, part of, you know, I quote all the jobs for Car Machine and Tool, much like you probably quote all the jobs for GT. And, you know, when you don't know, you know, you're, you're, it's just like an open book, you know, you, you don't know where to begin. Exactly. You know, so exactly. W- when you start with a bench, when you have a benchmark to start with, it really helps accelerate the quoting process. It shortcuts the, the quoting process yeah. It definitely shortcuts it. You, you have the, the number right in front of you. It's pretty easy to pick out the ones that absolutely don't fit your, your wheelhouse. And then, the ones that look attractive with just a little bit of thought, you can usually you know, make sure that it's going to be the, the right thing and click accept. If you're not quick at the, the button, you're liable to miss it because someone else will take it. How fast and does it go? And it just go? disappears like, from the board. Oh, really? That It could, be, it could literally be that quick. Oh, I've okay. had it happen okay. while I was getting a quote from material all yeah. of a sudden. Dang, there it's it goes. There. That would have been a sweet job yep. for your your yep. your CNC vertical machining center, and then bam, it's gone. That's so, right. what, what's the process that you go through when you you're determining whether you're going to take a job or not? Do you use your intuition? You look at the job, you're like, yeah, that looks like a twenty thousand dollar job, or do you actually take that drawing and and go through your normal process of quoting the job? And if it's it if it's you know plus or minus ten percent, you're like, well, that's my threshold, and I'll I'll go for that one. In most cases, I can just shortcut the thing and just look at it and you know, see how many parts there are. And if there are you know, sometimes four parts on the same job, you have to look at each one. And uh, you know there might be three of them that look really attractive, and then you find one that's really a tough one. So you've you got to dig into that one a little bit more. Sure. So you're but, typically not going through the same process of quoting these jobs that you would for like a um, for a normal job that you do outside of the Zometry you, you, Network. I think you, you shortcut the, the quoting a little bit there uh, just because you've already got the, uh, the amount that they're willing to pay. And, and also how quick it has to be turned around. You've learned to trust Zometry's um, sure. quoting process and the price that they're giving you is going to be pretty much in line with you know that that's what they're going to give you <laughs> right wrong or indifferent you, you have to accept what they're willing to do and you know sometimes the jobs will lay there for the full time they they put them up there for 24 or 36 hours mm-hmm. and at the end of the time sometimes they don't go away i'd like to wrap michael back into this and, and pitch this at him um I would imagine, Michael, that you start to build algorithms for your vendor partners and you know that, hey, GT does really well in the big machining space, whereas Car Machine and Tool might do really well in in low volume quantities of six to 60 in, you know, in an envelope that's within a 4020 VMC. Can you tell us a little bit about how those algorithms are built and you you kind of get to define your vendor partners? Sure, absolutely. It's based on a a number of factors. Um, You know, geometry of the part, as I mentioned a little bit before, I think it's also materials that you like to work with. I mean, there's some, there's some shops that, you know, 
aluminum is all they really prefer to work with. And there's others like I think Steve is is pretty flexible on, on material. So um, and then the other one is we've uh, just recently added uh, as well um, sort of a capacity indicator to let us know, you know, are you looking for work versus others? Not, you know, or am I not looking for work? And I think, Jim, you were talking about the emails. This is one way for also, you know, if you're not looking for work, you're currently at full capacity, then just let us know. And that's what the capacity indicator does. And then that way, um, you know, we we know not to send you work at that time. So and then the other thing it tells us is it kind of gives us a gauge. Well, two things I would say is one, it tells us, um, you know, because we use all this information, it feeds back into the pricing algorithms that we present to, cu- to customers. So it's a market-based pricing uh, sort of formula. It's a supply so, and demand. Exactly. So we need to know from our partners, you know, is, you know, are things going well? And, you know, all of a sudden sort of our available capacity that we see out in the network, is that shrinking? So, you know, that might affect our pricing. But also, number two is it's sort of informs our partner recruitment strategy. Yeah, right? when Jim has his baby, he might take, you know, right. lower price jobs than he would, you know, <laughs> no, at this are, point. Prices are going up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, we we want to have the ability to uh, match those perfectly. You know, of course, maybe, uh, you know, it all goes, as I said before, it kind of goes down to the capabilities that you list on your, uh, and, uh, on your profile. And we get a lot of feedback and comments that, well, I have you know, a grinder, certain things that aren't specific that, you know, and so that's something that we're iterating as well. So we can really sort of get more granular with the capabilities and matching those to the geometry of the part. So Steve, I I have a question back at you. Michael had mentioned uh, the process that they use. It's kind of a a proprietary process for shipping. Can you explain to us in a little bit more detail what you have to do to get a part ready for shipping their parts back to Zometry? And who who pays for the shipping, by the way, back to Zometry? Uh, we pay for the okay, shipping. Okay, I was just curious about that. When we get a part done and ready to ship, we go to the site, we send in an inspection report, uh-huh. we send a picture of the part, just an iPhone picture, and when we get that in, we get an automatic uh, shipping label. UPS, FedEx. UPS, FedEx. Whatever. Okay. We put the part in the box, pack it in good, make sure they're not going to be damaged, sure, and ship it out. And most of the time, it's a next day or second day shipment. No kidding. So they get it. We do the billing right on their site, and we're done. Great. Yeah, so the way the – maybe two things is – well, one, uh, Steve is approved for direct ship, so he, his parts no longer come back to our facility. So okay. So we know there's quality here at GT. Um, and then – so – that's when the payments process starts. So when you ship to Zometry and on that on our platform, as uh, Steve described, once you've printed that shipping label and you hit you know verify that you've shipped the the parts, then you can submit an invoice and it's all online. So all you have to do as soon as you hit the once we have that record that it's shipped, um, you submit your invoice and we'll go through and we have sort of a you know a billing cycle. But within twenty days, you'll have a direct deposit in your account. Very nice, very nice. I love that. So, Michael, I, I have a question about when we, we talked a little bit about the vendor partner aspect, but, you know, let's say that I'm at Car Machine and, you know, we're at 90% capacity, you know, we're, we've got tons of work. I, I don't know how to make the deliveries over the next three weeks. Uh, how do I go about utilizing Zometry as a resource to farm out work 
Tell, tell us how we go about to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great question. So just as any customer would, you know, you can take the your 3D CAD files and work package that you have for that customer. So an SLDPRT, a DWG. Uh, we will take D- any 3D CAD file. Any 3D C- and what about a DXF? We cannot do DXFs okay. um, uh, for the flat files. So it has to be a 3D CAD file. Okay. And... You know, and we see this, we actually have a good number of shops who have done this. And, and what's the beauty of it is, you know, it could be a shop that maybe, uh, you know, he only has three access mills and he's been quoting, you know, with the same customer for several years. But, you know, they're always asking for parts that require a fourth, fifth access, maybe live tooling lathe. And he's just never been able to actually quote those out to the customers. Well, now, because we've been working together for a while, he understands our capabilities he can turn around and quote that on our site and actually place that work and then turn around and take that quote and present it to his customer. And so then he can, you know, expand his capabilities with his customer base um, without actually having to make the capital investment in, you know, new machinery and also, you know, training and things like that. So it's a, it's a great way for our partners to uh, expand their capabilities. So let's, let's, let's break down and let's just do a little deeper dive into this. So I upload my solid part model to your site and it takes me through a series of questions. So what if I have like a, a bore size that's plus or minus a thousandth of an inch? Sure. How, how does how does the interface recognize those close tolerance bores or overall lengths or whatever, or even like tapped holes, helicoil holes, uh, and, and finishes? Yep, absolutely. So, you know, the initial analysis that's done is, is on the basic geometry of the part. So lengths, uh, sizes, you know, uh, amount of material removal, things like that are all taken into account. And then the second step is once you've selected what manufacturing process you'd like, and let's say we're in CNC machining, and then you've specified what material that you want, the next step would then be to go to the features tab, which will allow you to specify any tapped holes, uh, inserts, as well as uh, close tolerances. So at that point, we collect that information from you, but we also require a print. So there's no ambiguity as to... Oh, at, you know, at that point, boom, you've got to upload a PDF. You get a prompt to load a PDF, and that way we know exactly where those tapped holes are and you know what tight tolerances that you're expecting to be met. What about finishes? Yeah, the last step would be finishes. So you know we can offer standard anodizing, you know, electro polishing, plating, gold plating, nickel plating. So you can specify all of that there. If you have in each in each areas of the site too, you know, if there's maybe something unique that you're concerned is not necessarily captured in our standard, uh, you know. Uh, descriptions on the site. You can add notes. We have a team of project engineers that are actually we have coverage from 8 a.m. in the morning on Eastern time all the way to to 9 p.m. So we cover our West Coast as well. So if you have a, a question and you have you know any kind of uh, concern about whether or not a certain spec is going to be met, pick up the phone, chat, email. We're there. It's support at geometry.com would be how you you know contact our, our customer support side. And we'll be able to answer those questions. And if you have a unique requirement, we can incorporate that into the into the quote and make sure that you get the parts that you're looking for. I think our industry, and I've said this before, that I think manufacturing is starting to go from a B to B to a B to C type business. And I think this platform that you're that you're pitching or utilizing is generally going in that direction. Yeah. And we even have uh, as well an, a plug-in for SolidWorks. So if you're you know, using SolidWorks for your design, you actually can, we have an add-in that you can actually upload your files within SolidWorks. So you can go... You don't even have to go externally to the Zometry website. You just click a button. Not to create the quote. Once you, to purchase the quote, when you're ready and you've got it all prepared in SolidWorks, then there's a link and it'll take you to the checkout page. No kidding. And then right there you can press it. So we have a customer that, you know, from SolidWorks, uh, quoted a part, and we delivered it in seven days with 100% digital procurement. That's great. Yeah. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about the scope of work that you're doing 
forzometry right now? I mean, it, you know, is it quantities? What type of quantities? Can you hold it in the palm of your hand, or do you need an overhead crane, or or what? A little bit of all of them. A little bit of all, huh? Yeah, we've we've done some that uh, had seven hundred fifty pieces, and you could hold them in the palm of your hand. All seven hundred fifty pieces. No kidding. And then that's we've small. Got, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then we've had parts, three of them filled with skid, uh, several hundred pounds. So most parts are not that big. A lot of them are aluminum. Okay. But uh, we're getting a variety of work, and you know that fits our our uh, needs. Uh, we typically do bigger work. Uh, We'll handle stuff up to 35,000 pounds if necessary. Mm-hmm. But uh, the stuff that we're getting from exometry uh, is filling any voids we've got. In between big jobs, we can we can handle the exometry jobs too. Yeah, so, you know, I keep thinking about how this can help elevate or enhance a current manufacturing company that's out there right now. And I see it as... If I'm in between big projects where I've got, you know, three, four, five, six-week jobs, and then I'm going to have a lull for a few weeks, instead of laying off a guy or cutting hours, I'd, it's great to be able to utilize and that. Maybe that's what how, how you got interested in it. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. It, you just, you know, let you fill the voids. Fill the void. That keep got. that machine, keep the spindle running. Keep yeah. making ships, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so many... You know, just ways that you could look at this to augment your your machining business, your manufacturing business. Um, I know, you know, Jim, you're getting a new machine pretty soon. I have a, a good friend and a good customer who, you know, he systematically pushes himself to buy a new machine every X number of years just so that he can push himself from a sales capacity to go get more jobs. It's kind of a kind of a unique philosophy, but I could see, you know, zometry as a way to okay, when that new machine comes in. I, you know, I, I don't have the jobs right away, but I'm going to fill that void until I push myself from a sales standpoint to um, to fill that capacity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just a lot of great ways to look at this. You know, you just got to explore it and look at it and say, is this right for me? And I, I would say it's it just really could be a good fit um, based on a lot of different scenarios for manufacturing leaders. So, Michael... Everybody has competition, even though you guys have, you know, this cutting edge software and you're really just, you're providing something very unique for the manufacturing industry. There's got to be other people that are thinking the same thing. So how do you look, you know, in in relation to your competition? What differentiates Zometry from those, those other competitors? Yeah, no, that's a great question. The way we view it is we offer an excellent customer experience. I think what, and as you said, it's unique. And I think, you know, we, from not just the quoting uh, process itself, but to the uh, customer service in between, as well as, you know, the U.S. manufacturing-based network, we offer something that we think we're a market leader in. So I think it just, as I said, boils down to that customer experience. And we've got a significant number of repeat customers. And, you know, we actually even recently, uh, fortunately, had two of our customers invest in our business, uh, both GE and BMW uh, invest in our business this year. And both of those were... Congratulations. Yeah, that's thank awesome. You. Both were customers before they became investors. So I think that's what you know, we're really uh, bringing to the table is uh, you know, steady stream of jobs for our partners, but also that great customer experience is what's bringing that steady um, stream of jobs to the door. So That's great. Guys, this has been a, a great uh, learning experience for me. I've, I've learned a lot. And you know, I think that you know, what this makes me reflect on is that, you know, whenever there's some kind of new technology that comes out, especially, you know, something online, I mean, people, people always, I remember, 
I don't know, 10 years ago, everybody's like, ah, nobody's going to get married, you know, meeting over the internet. And, and I, I could just hear people saying, nobody's going to, you know, procure jobs for machining over the internet. That's silly. But I mean, it's happening. And, and zometry is a, is, is a proven process that, you know, really has, um, you know, it's paving the way for, for this to be a part of the future of, of the manufacturing industry. And you could ignore it, um, but I, I don't think that you should. Yeah. In closing, I just want to say I think that they should go to zometry.com and check it out for themselves. It's X O M E T R Y dot com. Check it out and let us know. You know, give Jason and I some feedback on what you think about the interface and the platform, what your experiences are. We know these people. I'm sure they'd love to know what our listeners think about it as well. And we'll be we can be totally unbiased, and we'll tell them the truth. Yeah, let if us you, know that if you want to be anonymous. Yeah, we'll let them know. Yeah, you know? Let, yeah, we we would love to give them some un, some anonymous feedback if that's what you choose to do. I mean, go to Jim and I and let us know what your experience with Zometry is. Yeah, Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. It in, was a pleasure in thank our you. remote studio here in Fort Wayne. And Steve, thank you for being such a, a kind host and uh, taking us through a tour and and having lunch for us. Uh, we we genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, thank it's you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks. So, you know, Jason, at, at the end of the day, and I always say this at the end of the show, you know, uh, we don't know it all. I yeah, mean, I know you, we're learning you think you know it all, you know, highly never, educated guy, that. you know, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know I'm always know trying to all. learn, Jim. I know. I know you are. And you're trying to push that down on me, and I, I totally respect that. But uh, we don't know it all, and it's great that we have this platform that we can meet people in our industry and share what the latest technologies are, what the trends are in our industry. And so bring we, them to the Metalworking Nation. All about awareness, right? Yeah. So I, I hope that we have inspired and equipped you with more knowledge to run your manufacturing company just a little bit better than you did before you listened to this episode. Yeah, and, and just reflect on how can I use this um, this new technology to enhance my business. Yeah, they don't have to go just put your baby toe in, right? See how it goes. They don't have to they don't have to drop they don't have to dive into it right away. Just just try it a little bit, you know, and see how it works. Yeah, check it out and let Jim and I know what, what your experience is. And I'd like them to go to iTunes and rate us and tell us how wonderful we are, right? Because an iTunes rating is, you know, is what we smile when we see those those five stars, right? Absolutely. I'm not an iTunes guy, so I'm, I'm an Android guy. You're the Apple guy. Yep. And at the end of the day, you know what? You know what my dad always used to tell me? It's kind of relevant to where we're at today in a chip cutting place. And, and Steve had mentioned his chip cutting decision. Well, my dad always used to tell me when I was uh, growing up in the industry, he said, Jim, don't forget, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Before we move on, I have a question for Jim. Yeah, shoot. Go um, ahead. I'm spell, an open book. Spell and define algorithm. Algorithm. Uh. I don't know. I, I know what an algorithm is. I don't. I can't spell it. What is it? It's it's uh, something that. Um, I, uh, <laughs> crap! He got me. We do this all the time. <laughs> Michael, would you like to answer that? <laughs> Wait. No, He's cheating. No, I'm not, He's I'm cheating. Not, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> 
I guess in in this day and age, you know, like you can bring you know your know computer to, to test, so you know it's it's not a big deal. It completely threw me off. <laughs> it's a process or set of rules to be followed in calculations or other problem solving operations. It's spelled A L G O R I T H M. Bam! There you go. And to the metalworking nation, that all came from Jim's head. He did. <laughs> he did not look that up at all. I had no help with that at all. <laughs> 